Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Good morning, Hope Gateway. I am really excited about the future of Hope Gateway. And I am really excited to start this next phase of redevelopment together. For many years, we spent time trying to establish ourselves as a community that wanted to be inclusive and affirming of the LGBTQ plus community. We separated from the United Methodist Church because we are committed to full inclusion and affirmation of every person's sexuality. We are now at a phase in our development where we need to expand our definition of what it means to be an inclusive church. We need to continue to have hard conversations about what it is we're willing to sacrifice for the sake of others feeling valued and honored by our community. One of the organizations that's ahead of us on this learning curve we can learn from is the organization Inclusive Church based in the UK. In their official statement, they say, we will continue to challenge the church where it continues to discriminate against people on grounds of disability, economic power, ethnicity, gender, gender identity, learning disability, mental health, neurodiversity, or sexuality. I really get excited about what it means to live into becoming a more inclusive church. That's in part why I'm really excited about the conversation that we're beginning today about what it means to support others who have a greater need than our own. Sometimes we call that mission. Sometimes we call it outreach. Sometimes we call it aid. And for those of us who have more resources, especially when we work together, we want to help those who are struggling to get by. An important question that we need to ask ourselves is, How do we create systems of mutuality rather than systems that reinforce the power differential? It's normal, normal for us anyway, to think of the person with power and privilege and resources as the more important person in the equation. That's what colonialism taught us. It's normal to think of the person in need who is struggling to barely get by as someone who should be grateful for whatever they get. But this is not what we are striving for. We are striving for mutual relationships and true inclusivity. It makes me think of something Jesus said which is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew in the seventh chapter, 
beginning with verse nine. Think of it this way. If your child asked you for bread, would you give them a stone? Of course not. You would give them a loaf of bread. If your child asked you for a fish, would you give them a snake? No. To be sure, you would give them a fish, the best fish you could find. So if you, who are sinful, know how to give your children good gifts, how much more so does your parent in heaven, who is perfect, know how to give great gifts to their children? This is what our scriptures come to teach. In everything, in every circumstance, do to others as you would have them do to you. Do to others as you would have them do to you. A relationship of mutuality. A golden rule, not a golden ruler, as the Lovejoys taught us today. There's a story that's a perfect parallel to this one, which I read recently, thanks to Ophelia, from Terrence Lester on Twitter. He's a thought leader in the realm of systemic poverty and an advocate around issues of homelessness, poverty, and economic equality, inequality. He wrote recently, recently I was teaching a group of professionals about homelessness, access, and empathy, and had a person cut me off mid-sentence to say this. I took my child to give those people items we put together. And this man turned our items down and it pissed me off because they are least and we are there to help. She went on, they should really be grateful for whatever they get. I was trying to do good. This person failed to realize that their statements were more about what they were doing to feel better about themselves than the person's right, than the person right before them. It wasn't about the person, it was about the event. The person who was offering help didn't know this person's name, story, or preferences, but she did have all the language that suggested he was other. It was transactional, not a moment to fully affirm the dignity this person possessed. I asked this professional about the items in the bag. She named each item one by one. When she finished, I asked her if she would use the offered items, to which her response was, no, of course not. My daughter and I would never. I continued. I responded with a question. Is it okay for a person with an address to have preferences and a right to choose, but not someone without an address? I continued. When we strip a person without access from their right to have preferences, we are saying they are beneath us. 
this causes us to unconsciously step on their dignity. More significant than this, we must do away with transactional encounters and genuinely seek to know people, affirm their dignity, recognize their suffering, and fight to make this community visible in all ways, especially in the face of criminalization and invisibility. I think the story that Terrence Lawrence tells brings to light perfectly the expectation that Jesus has that we should treat others like we would treat our own children. We wouldn't give them a stone when they ask for bread or a serpent when they ask for fish. But it seems that many of us white people of privilege are more than willing to give people of little privilege whatever it is we think would be good for them. This is not mutuality. This is not inclusivity. I've been reading the book that we're using for our small group, Toxic Charity by Robert Lupton this week for the second time. And one of the voices that he refers to in the book is Dambiso Moyo and her book, Dead Aid, Why Aid is Not Working and How There is a Better Way for Africa. He shares a few quotes from her in this book, but I found these other quotes that are even more accusatory of a colonialist mindset that has led to the state of poverty around the world, which is unmitigated by the aid which has been poured out through a capitalist framework. And as a Zambian-born economist, her focus is particularly on Africa. This is what she writes. Africa is addicted to aid. For the past 60 years, it has been fed aid. Like any addict, it needs and depends on its regular fix, finding it hard, if not impossible, to contemplate existence in an aidless world. In Africa, the West has found its perfect client to deal to. And then later she writes, the African discussion has been colonized as surely as the African continent was a century ago. I think the review on the cover of this book is appropriate, provocative, incendiary, a double-barreled shotgun of a book. I look forward to reading it. If people in power assume that those struggling in poverty want serpents and stones, then they will ne never give them bread and fish or the resources to grow their own bread and to catch their own fish. It's not easy to know exactly what is helpful and what is harmful, but that's why this is the beginning of our conversation as Hope Gateway, not the end. I would invite you to check out more from Terrence Lester and to also follow and learn more from No White Saviors on Instagram and on their own website. 
Christina Dumont introduced me to them several months ago, and I've been learning from them on an almost daily basis on Instagram. Here's one of their recent posts. I want to be a voice for the voiceless. Red flags. No one is voiceless. You just need to finally listen and pass the mic. What is it that our fellow humans, our siblings are asking for? Is it bread? Is it fish? Is it something else? What are the gifts that we possess that could meet needs that they are asking to be met? What communities could we invest in, in ways that would bring real and lasting transformation? May God give us hearts to listen and the will to respond. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.